You are now tuned into Virtually I'm Possible Presents Lazy Learning Land Podcast, where we teach teachers how to be lazier, yet more effective. To increase student performance, but decrease teacher burnout and stress. I'm Dot, your hostess that always gives you the mostest while doing the least. Today's episode is sponsored by virtuallyimpossible.net, where you can gain full access to Lazy Learning Land. There are blog posts filled with tons of tips for your reading pleasure. Also, secondary math activities and games to help you be an even better, lazier teacher. Now, for today's episode. All right, y'all, let's get into this second installment in the five lazy laws to becoming the laziest, most effective teacher ever. Today's episode is law number two, which is use a screen so you won't have to scream. I am over the 35-year-old hump in my life, and I actually had to come to terms with a very harsh reality that most of my students were born with digital digital devices in their hand. They do not actually know how to hold a conversation using spoken words, talking face-to-face to another human being. However, they can tell you an entire story in under 160 characters. For these reasons, I am highly suggesting that you use a screen so you won't have to scream. While I do believe that worksheets and skill and drill are still necessary, especially in the math classroom of today, there are other ways to create meaningful practice for your students while at the same time engaging them digitally. So you can kind of say, I feel like there's room for both as long as you're able to find that sweet spot, that healthy balance. One of the main keys to using technology appropriately in your classroom is to make sure it is a one-stop shop for your students. And exactly how do you do this? Well, one of the things you want to do is make sure that your students have really good notes on that topic already. If they do not, you want to make sure that you build those notes and the things that they're going to need to be successful on those upcoming skills into the activity. I usually use things like Nearpod or quizzes to build in content while I'm also building an engaging lesson. The next thing you want to make sure you do if you're going to use technology in your classroom is provide your students with access to immediate, right then and there, feedback. A way to self-correct themselves right after they finish a problem. Because you see... Having students continue to practice problems while they're continuously making the same uncorrected mistakes over and over and over is very counterproductive for you and them. And it's truly just not an effective use of anyone's time. But I do have five different ways that you can use a screen so that you don't have to scream. And the first one I'm going to cover with you guys today is interactive digital lessons. 
Now, I kind of wonder if I am slightly dating myself when I say I actually remember when PowerPoint first came out. PowerPoint was literally the hottest thing since sliced bread. It was the newest innovation on the block, taking boring, still, overhead projector sheets and vis-a-vis markers to the next level. Now, if overhead projectors and vis-a-vis markers are totally foreign to you, then you're probably much younger than me. And if you were like, yeah, I used to teach on that, you're probably older than me, but it's okay. It's okay. I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm in that sweet spot of ages, I guess. But I am not here to say that every single lesson you do needs to be an interactive digital one. But I will say this, that if you want to improve your student engagement during your lessons, then you want to start incorporating them. I recommend doing it like a couple of times within a unit. If you're not doing it at all, you know, build yourself into it. If you're really feeling froggy, and you want to leap, you can shoot for once a week. Me personally, I shoot for one to two times per week. But, you know, maybe that is one of the reasons why I am the queen of working and not working at the same time. Hmm. So some of my favorite digital lesson builders, I'm going to let you guys in on some little known secrets. Uh, In order to use a screen, so you don't have to scream, there are tons of digital tools available. The proper category is considered to be called Web 2.0s. Two of my favorites are Nearpod and Quizzes. They both provide ways to create lesson slides for information. Also, each of them has their own set of perks for miniature activities used to switch up the ebb and flow of how content is being presented to your students while you are checking for understanding. These switch-ups are what your students look forward to. Literally, it's the same questions you would have asked them to solve on paper. It's the same comprehension check questions that you would have asked them out loud and called on someone to answer, except it's just on a screen. And as I like to say, whatever works, whatever is going to get these kids going and get those brain gears turning, whatever works. Now, Nearpod has a really cool feature called a time to climb. It is a multiple choice quizzing tool that allows students to earn points based on correct answers. They also get to watch their icon climb up the hill or mountain, depending on which theme you selected. It also show, sorry, it also allows you to embed videos, traditional quiz questions, polling questions, free response questions, and take virtual field trips to other sites, as well as other cool features. One of my favorite Nearpod features are the Draw It slides. Since I teach math, it is super awesome to me to be able to have each of my students show their work on their own specific device. And then on the teacher dashboard side, I can see all of their responses at once. I don't have to walk around the classroom. I don't have to sit there and mark and grade papers. 
It's all there. I can see, get immediate feedback and know, hey, oh, you know what? This kid did a really good job. I can highlight certain students' work. I can hide the names so nobody knows whose it is. And great teachable moments for dealing with misconceptions or just highlighting something that a student did well. Now, quizzes, that's my other baby. And it has several functionalities. But for the purpose of this article, I'm going to focus this ADD in. I'm going to focus, y'all. I'm going to focus. I just want to focus on the lesson tool. Lessons can be created in quizzes to be done as teacher-led or teacher-paced and projected for the entire class. Or it can be done student-paced where each student is on their own device and they work through the lesson in their own timing. Again, in this case, I'm a focus. I'm a focus, but I'm going to focus more on the teacher led option. The entire lesson is just one big game. You can create lesson slides with images, videos, and text in between those informational slides. You can ask questions that are multiple choice, fill in the blank, multi select. There are even some cooler features if you become a premium member. I'm a premium member. To reiterate, taking what you are already going to use and just providing it in a much more engaging format. Using these tools does not require much extra effort when you are creating them. You've already planned out the problems. You've already planned out the questions. Simply use that during your Simply use what you would have used during a traditional boring lesson and implement that into the activity portions of one of those platforms. You will be absolutely amazed at how changing the delivery of those same questions will get you closer to your desired outcomes which I am sure include improved student participation and improved student performance. So our second way to use a screen so we don't have to scream is provide digital practice that has immediate feedback. Let me tell y'all something. Practice does not make perfect. Yeah, I said it. I know, I just ruined your childhood. Practice does not make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. If a student answers 20 questions incorrectly, then they only reinforce the incorrect methods 20 times. It is a great idea to use a screen so you won't have to scream because your kids didn't learn anything from that lesson. Technology is super duper awesome, but it must be used effectively in order to make a positive impact. When you have your students doing digital practice, you want to make sure that they have the opportunity to self-correct. There are tons of great platforms out there that will allow you to use a screen so you won't have to screen. You can use the free membership or you can do the paid memberships to help your students. Over the years, I've dabbled in a few where, yes, some I've done the free versions, some I've done the paid versions, but all the ones I'm getting ready to say do have free versions. And yes, I have used the free versions and I actually didn't upgrade to the paid version of any of these that I'm about to say. 
because the free versions were just so awesome. But you have IXL, then there's Math XL, Khan Academy, and Delta Math. These are some of my personal favorites, but they may not be the only ones out there. But again, I try my best to only preach what I have practiced. Of course, like I said, there are paid memberships that up the cool features. It's really up to you personally to decide what you feel like is worth paying, what features you feel like are worth paying for. I am a major quizzes fan, so I have the paid membership. I create a quizzes activity that has explanations for each question, which by the way, is a part of the free version. There is usually an image that I upload, something I created in PowerPoint or a picture of my scratch paper that has the problem solved out correctly. It shows the correct steps. I've made little notes off to the side. I've color-coded. I've just made it visually appealing to the students so that what I'm trying to portray to them actually stands out. This allows my students, after they have found out that they were incorrect on that particular question, to compare their work to my work to see how close they were or how far they were. But either way, it keeps them motivated because they feel like, okay, I just learned something. So when I see this again, I'm going to feel better about it because I've got an example to look at. Or, you know what? I realized what my mistake was. So when I see it again, I'm definitely not going to do this mistake right here again. And truth be told, I truly love these days because baby, my students have all the help they need built into that quizzes activity and they don't need me for nothing. Absolutely nothing. Now, number three way to use a screen so that you don't have to scream is to record at least one lesson a unit. This one is definitely one of my favorites and probably one that I started using before the platforms of Nearpod and quizzes were even invented. Again, kind of dating myself. But I did say I have over 15 years of teaching experience in the hood, so... I can only be a couple of days over 22. Don't judge me. But seriously speaking, I really love this one because it gives me an entire day where my students are fully engaged, they are fully occupied, and they truly don't need me again for nothing. Once I have given out instructions and I have all the students with the video and their note-taking materials in front of them, my job is done. Now, of course, I will walk around periodically to survey the scene, make sure they're doing what they're supposed to do. But that, my friend, is considered minimal energy output. Say it with me. Minimal energy output. I know that this one may seem a little bit scary for some of you, especially those of you who don't really consider yourself to be tech savvy. But talk about a mental health day at work. If you can pre-record yourself teaching a lesson, you can either play the video projected for the entire class, or if you are a one-to-one school, students can watch on their own device at their own pace. Technology has advanced now 
a whole heck of a lot. And you are able to record either a screen and your voice, and you don't have to actually be seen in the recording. Unless you really want to, no face, no case. No, I'm kidding. That's not what this is for. But seriously, no face is required. So you can literally have your hair wrapped up, have your retainers in, have your facial mask on, whatever, be in your pajamas and pre-record your lesson for your students because they don't have to see you. If you happen to be in a situation at your school where you have to schedule or check out a laptop cart, just simply have your video lesson prepared for that particular day that you reserved. In the event that you don't have enough devices for each student to have their own, your students can share. That is perfectly fine. I have had students watch pre-recorded lessons in groups of two to three, and it still worked out just fine. For classrooms that have a few desktops, you can even take the use of pre-recorded lessons a little bit further. And you could use that to help remediate or accelerate a small group of your students while you complete other tasks with the remaining part of the class. So for more tips on how to use pre-recorded lessons effectively, then you want to check out my pre-record so you don't feel like a broken record post. I am sure there is tons of helpful hints in there for you if you're feeling a little apprehensive about this one. All right now, number four, use supplemental videos during lessons. An alternative way to use a screen so that you don't have to scream is to use videos that have already been made. If you are working on a specific topic, utilize these videos that are already posted online in your lesson. There are multiple ways to incorporate YouTube and even MathTube videos seamlessly. And no, they're not the same. I have actually seen different videos on MathTube than that are on YouTube. And both of them are great resources if you are a math teacher. Use the videos as a preview to what students will be able to do by the end of the lesson. Play a video and say, hey, by the time I'm done with you jokers, you're going to be able to do this. All right, get it, got it, good. Let's focus in, let's go. We got goals. You can pause the video at key points and ask your students what they just observed, what step just took place. Just have a little bit of comprehension checks built in when you pause it. You can even give your students one to two focus questions that they should be able to answer at some point while the video is playing and you go over those questions at the end of the video. Another use is as guided practice. So you can pause the video at critical points and ask your students to try the next step. So say, hey guys, all right, I'm gonna pause the video right here. I'm gonna give you guys two and a half minutes and I want you to do the next steps. I want you to get as far as you can in the process. Don't forget to use the previous examples that we've already done for today and work with an elbow partner or work with the people that you're sitting with in your group. You will then play the video after a certain amount of time has passed and that allows your students to correct their papers while you open up the floor for discussion. Maybe there is more than one method for solving the type of problem that you're covering with that particular topic. And you could focus your specific lesson 
on your preferred method and use the video as a way to show students the alternative method. That way you're not expending a lot of energy over explaining, but you expose your students to it. And hey, hey, Mikey, if they like it, that's a serial commercial. If they like it, then you can let them know that they are able to further investigate that method outside of class on their own time. Regardless of how you choose to implement these, just know that your students will enjoy hearing another voice. It will also give you a few moments to breathe and even some stolen moments to work on other tasks. I am fully aware that no technology will ever take the place of some good old-fashioned teacher-led lessons and some skill and drill worksheets because, baby, that's what helped me. However, if you are not using screens in your classroom, not only are you working too hard on a daily basis, but mm, you're probably also boring on a daily basis. But hey, don't shoot the messenger. Try polling your students and find out for yourself. All right, we're on the home stretch. So number five way to use screens in your classroom so you won't have to scream is to use teacher pay teachers. One day, I am sure I'm going to write an entire post about teacher pay teachers and all of its gloriousness. Today is not that day, but I could not close out this entry without mentioning that there are so many talented educators who have spent countless hours out of their own life that they are never going to get back creating digital resources on hundreds of thousands of topics. And the best part is they did all the legwork for you so you don't have to do it yourself. Nothing in life is free. So there is this hip-hop song by Lil Jon and the East Side Boys called Nothing's Free. The hook says, and I don't own the rights to this song, but I'm going to sing it. Nothing in life is free, especially not me. Of course, I'm not a singer. I'm a teacher. Not going to quit my day job. But I am not writing this. I'm not saying this. I'm not putting this out in the universe because I'm trying to sell myself. But the concept is the same. To bring it into the teacher pay teachers realm, nothing in life is free, especially not bomb.com resources that save you countless hours of your own time. I don't care how old you are. I know you've heard the saying, time is money. If you are looking to use a screen so you won't have to screen for secondary math, there are some super resources that provide guided, Scaffolded practice are fully digital and self-checking, a.k.a. the students won't need you to stand over them. You don't have to grade anything. Simply check out my virtually impossible teacher pay teacher store, or you can purchase them directly on the virtually online store. Yes. Majority of the resources that are in teacher pay teachers, you have to pay for people. It's in the title. Why are you acting surprised that you got to drop a couple of dollars? Fortunately for my penny pinchers out there, there are some really good freebies. 
And the way Teacher Pay Teachers is set up is you can actually search by price while you search the topic you're looking for. Literally, you can type the word digital among the words you're using for your topic in the search bar and hundreds of options will come up. This school year, I learned to stop trying to be superwoman. I have purchased way more resources on teacher pay teachers this year than I have ever done before. And this is a really good way to get engaging activities, engaging resources for your specific topics that you're going to be covering with your students without having to do more than lift your finger. And like, no, seriously, literally, I mean, lift your pointer finger up and down on the mouse and click purchase. Like, that's it. To sum it all up, ladies and gents, when using a screen so you won't have to screen, the possibilities can truly be endless. We are blessed to be in an era where technology resources are abundant. Definitely explore interactive lesson builders such as Nearpod and Quizzes. Kahoot is another good one for game purposes, but to build lessons, you do have to upgrade Even look into some websites that offer practice with immediate feedback. Since we are in a time when technology is so abundant, I do not recommend that you try to use all of them at once. Don't try to learn a whole bunch of digital resources and digital tools all at the same time. Pick one or two that truly suit your fancy and dive deep in until you've learned majority of all the features that they have to offer. You can always branch out later. Using videos can free you up during class and you also save loads of energy. Whether you pre-record yourself teaching the lesson or you use video resources that are already out there, you can get the day of rest you need while you're still at work getting pizzed. That was paid. With none of the guilt because you're not sliding your students. Your students are still learning, but you just took a little chill pill. Just be sure that if you're going to use video resources, you do not create, that you did not create, that you fully vet those videos before putting them in front of your students. Make sure it teaches the method you want your students to see. Ensure that it provides the type of example problems that you want to expose your students to. Finally, stick to the old model of think smarter, not harder. Use ready-made resources that other awesome teachers have created on Teacher Pay Teachers. If you're looking for no prep, no grading, self-checking, secondary math, all digital activities, again, check out my Teacher Pay Teachers store, Virtually Impossible on Teacher Pay Teachers, or purchase them directly on the virtuallyimpossible.net website, where you have access to all my lazy math tools. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Virtually Impossible Presents Lazy Learning Land. Comment below which method of using screens in your classroom that you would like to try. Or if you're already using some of these, which method would you like to try to use more effectively? Since there is strength in numbers and strength in lazy, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to this podcast my blog on virtuallyimpossible.net 